Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with something in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, Bill Durham was swinging for the bleachers, which means today we'll be seeing if it's a hole in one as golf takes centre stage with more lovelorn Costner than you can swing a driver at. From 1996, it's Tin Cup. Yes! must think I'm such a loser, lousy driving range pro. Local legend Roy Tincup McAvoy, the best player to never hit the big tie. It's an easy game, this golf. Wasn't going anywhere. Oh. It's got to be the woman. I thought you said it was a virus. Well, a woman can have the same effect. But ever since Dr. Molly Griswold got inside his head... I think I'm in love with you. What? He's been changing his whole approach. So which film will be taking home the trophy and which will be let go from the team? We'll have a winner at the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hello, Clash Brothers. Sex and golf are the two things you can enjoy, even if you're not good at them. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I think you'll find he's called Tim Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Durham versus Tim Cup. I mean, the worst thing The worst thing was because I thought it was Bill Durham. And then when you went, it's Bull Durham, I was like, oh, his name's Bull. <laughs> I thought his name was Bull Durham. Ugh, anyway, it's about tobacco. I looked it up because mm. I was so embarrassed. Anyway, part two of this week's Clash is baseball versus golf and Bull Durham versus Tin Cup, as you well know. One film will be declared the winner in the verdict at the end of the show. But before we get going, it's time to dip into the digital mailbag and a weekly review from one of you. And thank you again to everyone who takes the time to review the show. It is hugely appreciated. All right, take it away, Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly. Uh, this review comes from Red Barchetta 85 and it's entitled, Mostly Five Stars, Mostly. Uh, oh, God, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You shouldn't read him in advance. No, what? I'm, I'm, I have to because I have to prep in my head. Oh, okay. 
Excellent no. banter, insight, and it's definitely reinvigorated my love for films. Although it was very nearly four stars when I heard self-professed Aliens mega fan Alex misquote a poem from the power loader scene. It's Bay 12, not I Bay 15. Bay 12. Oh, bay. Wait, let's just take... Choose me up inside the fact that that exists and I said it and I can't take it back. It's not, a, it's not one of the quotes I use. Like, I use so many other quotes all the time. Like, we're on Express Elevator to Hell going down, all of that. And for some reason, I chose to pull out a quote on that episode, the Aliens episode, that I don't know off by heart and I couldn't remember remember which bay it was and yes i'm sorry it's embarrassing but it's okay it was a bad call we all make mistakes on a side note i would keep a zombie baby and treat it fairly normally bottle feeding obviously until <laughs> movement and teething starts and then i'd lock it in the shed like sean of the dead <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh sean spelt incorrectly alex i don't know if you want to have a go at red yeah! <laughs> what uh, yeah, that's great. I love the fact that our brand new Clash question uh, of all time yeah. uh, has become, <laughs> would you keep a zombie baby? <laughs> when you say would you, do you mean you, everyone? Do you mean me specifically? You. Me? Would Vicky Crompton keep a zombie baby? Or is it would you, you people? It's a thought process. I mean, it's for anyone to think about. If you if you had a zombie baby... Would me you... or them? Oh, my God. Oh, Whoever goodness. wants to answer the question. About not... themselves or about... Why are we not communicating? What are you not understanding? Does the fucking word say? <laughs> would you would you keep a zombie baby? Yeah. Do the words say? Would Vicky Crompton keep a zombie baby? Yeah, they say. Would you keep oh, a zombie would baby? Would you? Would you? <laughs> Vicky, seriously, it's, would you? Oh, oh, we've got the new. I'm all in. Um, oh, someone texted us. Um, they're shooting um uh, the new Full Monty down this bloke's road are they? and he's looking out for Mark Addy <laughs> should I tell this person to approach Mark Addy what, and bring it up get it cleared at once and for yeah. all I mean I bless Mark Addy he might not know himself because he didn't write it so maybe we've got to go to no, I, well, think well, well, I think he does know that it wasn't about his dick going inside his body well, I, he's an actor who just says what he's told to say Is that not he's not Ron Burgundy over there <laughs> <laughs> he would have said otherwise he would have said yes. to Simon. the writer yeah, yeah of course. what are you talking about I, I think we should ask Mark Addy if he goes I, honestly don't know. I've, I've no idea. All right, I'll send it's, it's, it's either emotionally I'm all in with her, or my dick's inside me, <laughs> which is what it is, <laughs> or, or I'm knackered. Um, I'm I'm going to text this guy in a bit, and then we'll we'll get it sorted. Oh. I'm actually we are reaching a place of agreement, aren't we? Because it's gone in because he's tired. No, it hasn't gone in. It hasn't gone in. It's like I'm done in. Was 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 what it it's could be. It's not even that. Why yeah, are you? No, I know, I know, I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. He's all in emotionally. No. Full stop. Incorrect. Absolutely correct. <sighs> right then. So, uh, thank you for that lovely review and the five stars. Much appreciated. Let's do this. On Monday, Vicky guided us through the ups and downs of minor league baseball. So today, Chris is the master, or rather masters, as he takes us all the way to the US Open in 1996's Tin Cup. Chris takes on a journey. I'm going to hark back to Bull Durham with this introduction. So bear with me. I believe in the club, the ball, the drive, <laughs> the small of the putter's face, what? the flop shot from a bare lie, chips... The tasty kind outside the Elwyn Castle. Good tequila, not the cheap stuff, Alex. The scripts of Ron Shelton about sportsmen who can't get out of their own way. I believe Roy McAvoy acted alone when he kept hitting the water. I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing Alex buying me tequila. I believe in the sweet sports movie that your caddy is always right, in doing your research after you've watched a Clash title, and I believe in a strong female character who will probably annoy Vicky over the next hour. Good night. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah, last Tuesday got out of hand, but that is not on me. <laughs> 
I buy tequila, but yeah. I don't say definitely drink tequila. <laughs> but I forgot it was this rule I had when I'm out with you particularly. And I didn't remember it until the morning after when I thought I was going to die. <laughs> and it was like, oh, no. I don't and even it's... remember you mentioning it, to be honest. No, but in the past I've said it. I've texted you guys about you it. Like, it. I can't go near tequila when yeah. I'm with Alex. Yeah, that's true. I, it's because the volume you of you a it. cab home. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you couldn't get your own cab. No, I couldn't. No. You didn't do it, by the way. You're, someone did it. I was playing pool with Chris. Yeah, mm. so for the men, second men, time in men my were, life. Men were playing yeah. men games. When I needed you to get me a cab, you couldn't, but someone else did. I love that pool room. We're going to have to talk about that afterwards. Great pool I can't room. believe it exists. Mm. I'm so, I felt like I was in heaven. It's amazing, huh? Right, tin cup. Yeah. <laughs> yep, let's do this. So, Ron Shelton who we spoke about at length on Monday, was playing around the golf with his producing buddy and his writing buddy. And in the bar afterwards, they were like, how can we make this our job? We've all had those conversations. And uh, what gave them the spark of an idea was the 1993 Masters, where rather than go for it, a golfer called Chip Beck laid up and Bernard Langer ended up winning. And this caused some controversy at the time, saying that he'd wimped out, even though he hadn't really. But it gave the spark of an idea to Ron and his writing buddy, uh, John Norville. What if we write about a guy who always lays up? Uh, sorry, who always goes for it. Sorry, who never lays up. Never lays up. Can't get, he can't uh, help himself. And so um, that's how it all began. Someone who ultimately is doing that maybe because they're more afraid of winning than losing. It's kind of how they approach that character. Um, and he started out being a con artist um, uh, and um, who sort of, I don't know, tricks people out of money, is betting the whole way through the movie. And ultimately, they felt like that wasn't the right way to go. But White it's... Men Can't Jump was one of the next films he did, which is about those guys. Um, but also the big thing, they wanted it to be a blue collar golf movie rather than uh, the posh country clubs where you, you see on the television, they want it to be about the guy who plays on a Saturday morning with his mates. He actively says, I'm here, you know, standing up for the little guy at one point. Mm. Yeah. I love it. Yep. So uh, casting wise, um, he knew Kevin Costner. <laughs> uh, he wanted Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner's the biggest star on the planet, maybe, as he's writing the script, although stuff's starting to go wrong, uh, because Costner said uh, this was one of the worst sort of moments in his life when this script came to him, because he was going through a divorce that he was really struggling with, and he'd just uh, done his 157th day on Waterworld. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and so... Oh my God, I love that movie. We should, you know what we should pair that with? <laughs> um, and he was depressed. He said he was depressed, and he didn't want to do it but he got talked around by his buddy Ron and he said it was the best thing that could have happened to him because it was a really joyful experience making this movie and I think you can kind of tell it's one of those films that it looked like it was fun yeah. to make um, Tom Selleck very nearly played David Sims mm. I don't know why he didn't but I would have liked that you know I'm a big Tom Selleck fan that would have been great yeah yeah, yeah. I mean I, Don Johnson's brilliant in it but sure. Tom Selleck would have been lovely well um, Alec Baldwin was cast again he would have been a good David Sims mm. but then um uh, Kim Bassinger was having some pregnancy complications and so at the last minute he had to pull out but he's the one that suggested Don Johnson okay. they were good mates and he said Don is really good at golf 
uh, which none of these other people were all that good at goal. <laughs> and so let's have a, well, someone who can actually hit a ball properly on this film. Hence, Don Johnson got the role. Um, John Leguizamo was up for the caddy, Romeo, but um, Cheech Marin was the very first actor they saw. They then saw about 100 more people, but they couldn't stop thinking about Cheech Marin. He's so good. Came all about yeah, right really round. So good at this, especially when, considering the last time we saw him was outside the titty twister. Yeah, <laughs> this right. is just such a different role, a same, different Cheech. Same year as well, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, same year. Uh, And the lovely thing about that is that Don Johnson liked him so much on set. uh, They hit it off so well that he was about to do a TV show called Nash Bridges. And he called up the writers and said, you're writing a role for Cheech Marin. And that's so they ended up making like three series together of this TV show. Um, not a huge amount of sort of drama behind the scenes on this one. There's some fun stories as we go through it. But Gary McCord was a golf pro. He was the golfing advisor. I've listened to him speak. I can see why they got him involved with this film. He was an advisor. He was the he was the teacher uh, coaching the, the actors and they liked his bullshit. He's also uh, once got kicked out of Augusta. He'd never won a major. And in a professional tournament, he did something similar to what happens at the end of this film uh, back in 1986, where he, he hit five balls in the water and then sunk a putt. Wow. So, yeah, he and some of the stuff that happens in this film is directly from his life pranks that are played and bets that are done. So I think he's responsible for a lot of this film as well as the writers. Um, That's mainly what I've got, apart from the fact that John Norville was intriguing to me, who co-wrote this film with Ron Shelton, helped him out on other scripts, but he's only got two credits on IMDb. One of them is from 1996, Tin Cup, and the other is from last year. Do you know what the film is? Go on. Dwayne Johnson's Jungle Cruise. Wow. <laughs> really? That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. To have those two movies sort of 25, 30 years apart. What a brilliant way to spend your career. <laughs> That's so good. It is, it is, so he's just, he's just, <laughs> just been script doctoring yeah. like, for the entire someone's time. someone's got him a credit, yeah. Anyway, good job. Good job, John. Uh, that's what I've got. Should we talk about the film? Mm, yeah. Okay. Act one. Mm. Roy McAvoy's hitting balls at his golf range with his buddies drinking beer as the sun sets. Beautiful. It looks like a good life. It looks lovely. Um, his friends include uh, Romeo, as I've said. He is his caddy, uh, played by Cheech Marin. Uh, over beers, he challenges them to a riddle. <laughs> Did you like this riddle, Vicky? I was annoyed by Rennie Russo coming in and what ruining are the fucking it. Chances? Well, I was trying to work it out, and then she blurts it out, and I was like, I hadn't finished working it out myself. You do you know what I was annoyed like about, him? Alex? Genuinely, do you know what I was annoyed about? I was sitting there trying to work it out. I only had a second. Georgina walked in and said it before I'd thought of it. Are you both kidding me? Well, who, who would think, though? Who would think that a woman would be a doctor? <laughs> Where did that, don't forget, this is 1996. They didn't, they didn't do that back then. All right, all right. I'm, I'm glad you've had your fun. But it's a riddle about father and sons and the, the accident and the, whatever. Who cares? But it's to see how deeply our stereotypes run. And Molly Griswold walks in. She gets the answer. She's a psychologist. Did you what? know it? Did I know it? <laughs> Do you know what? I did know it, but it was done on me probably around this time when I was really young and I didn't know it because right. as Molly, why in a script? Oh, have so you you've got, heard like, it already then? So I've heard it already. Oh, well, yeah, you wouldn't have got it though. I wouldn't have got it. I didn't get it when I was like 14. No, because... Really hard. As I've said to you... <laughs> Is it the granddad? Is it the granddad? Uh, is he a ghost doctor? <laughs> a ghost. 
<laughs> internalized sexism is a, is a bitch. <laughs> so it's hard. Should to we say out. what? Should we say what the riddle is now? I feel like this would be annoying. Do you have it? I can't. I remember. didn't write it down. A, a father and son are um, in a crash. They mm. get taken to different hospitals. The doctor walks in to work on the son and says, "The that's boy is that's my son." <laughs> and how could that be? How does that? How is? How is that possible? How is it possible? So it is fine, whatever. Because I knew what was coming. Because I understand the riddle. Um, but then a lady doctor walks in and goes, "She's a doctor." And so am I. It's like, what, what are the chances that A, you're here because you're shit at golf, P.S., but also B, that you'd walk in at just that moment. It's good writing. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, she's there because she's shit at golf. Exactly. They teach golf she's, there. She's there for a lesson. <laughs> yeah, I know. They teach golf, but she's like, why are you... Sh- she's so into golf and she's so bad at golf. Um, human beings don't tend You've to be... You've not met my dad. <laughs> oh, that, yeah. Well, I have, but... Yes, you have met my... You've not seen my dad on a golf course, I no. mean. I think yeah, he's also... Molly's crazy. She's crazy. It says people say she's crazy, right? I just like, think she's when just, she's she's going out with the golf, she's like, I better get good at golf. She, I can't believe you've got a woman character. It's quite good because it's quite realistic. What can we call her? What can we do that she's kind of like attractive but a little bit unobtainable and all Griswold. <laughs> I can't believe they use Griswold after the vacation movies. It's just like, oh, it's, and it's all, it's just, you think Grizz, grimy, gristle, wold, wold. It's oh, I've not got, good. I've got a wall. I've got a wall. <laughs> yeah, Griswold. Dr. Griswold. It just, it's not very nice. I think, fine, whatever. She's really decontextualised as a psychologist. Mm-hmm. She turns up in a, a rural setting, the desert, and she's like, I'm a psychologist. And in you think psychology, you think very urbane or at least an urban setting, and you don't get to see her office for absolutely ages. So when she pops up at the golf course, she makes zero sense to me. I don't mm. know who she is, I don't know where she lives, I don't know what her psychologist business looks you gotta like. you got to listen to her. I was listening to no, her. She tell you it all comes out. She sort of trip drip feeds. She is. She's an anomaly. Why is she there? Mm. And as we learn about her, you realise she's actually a bit mad. Yeah, she's a bad, bad doctor. She's a <laughs> shit doctor. She is. We'll get I to think that. she is. I think she is. I think she's. I think she. Well, I, she's by been her, quite. By her own admission, she's a bit of a shit doctor, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so she's got a lesson with Roy and uh, she's got all the gear but no idea she's got all the, uh, the the stuff from the golf channel that she's bought he makes her take it all off and then he tells her about a golf swing being like a poem because Ron Shelton's characters have to talk about sport like it's poetry poetry um, and we sort of get some themes and some character stuff here with some of the dialogue um, he says I've never finished anything in my life um, uh, he talks about a golf swing is about gaining control of your life then letting go at the same time um, and then obviously the big one, let the big dog eat. I, I, I won't lie. At this point, I was like, it's fucking Bull Durham all over again. Just yeah. with golf. I was really scared. Mm. Very, very scared at this point. In at least Cup. I know where that phrase comes from, though, because I've been saying that phrase. To mean the same thing. Yeah. Well, also, you can use it in other places. <laughs> Jesus Christ! No different sports. You play different sports. I can't. Why are you thinking about sex? Do you want to let your big dog eat? (laughs) You do hear people at golf tournaments shouting this out before people hit shots. Like thirty years later, let the big dog eat. Do you not think I? I the 
the, I don't like the Walt Whitman stuff in Bull Durham, but I do appreciate that like it's a working class sport, and obviously a lot of money's been poured into it. And same as like with football here, I guess like you know it was working class entertainment, and now it's extremely commodified, and it's quite it, there are very many barriers to participation through the cost and all the rest of it. With golf, though, when he's doing the poetry and he's doing the thing, it's like it, it doesn't you don't get that feeling that it's this working class thing that you're supposed to represent because you're a bit of a deadbeat. Like, it's just such a middle class pursuit to me. I mean, if you can afford it, right, fair enough. But the guys in the background who are his mates who come golfing with him, yeah. they're, they're who we're talking I do about so, here. So my dad liked to play golf and we were working class when he was playing golf. And so we, but we would rip the piss out of him. We were like, why are you spending any spare money we have on golf? But because he wanted to aspire to be middle class or he enjoyed it no yeah of course he did <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. Why, yeah, that's, that's why the people true. in my yeah. family play golf yes, no, I mean he, they hate it but they love like it. it but he didn't think of it as a working class pursuit he thought of it as something that you did when you had a little bit of spare money do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, we would go and play pitch and putt on a Saturday and hire, hire the clubs for five pounds. Me and my, my friends and, and dad yeah. would come. I, I think it's... I have played golf once and I, it won't surprise you to learn that I'm obviously fucking terrible at it, but I've never known frustration. Like, I don't think mm. it's an easy sport by oh, any God, stretch. God, no, it's, it's the but most frustrating sport. there's something maddening. I can't hit a ball for shit, obviously, but I just don't play rounders or anything like that. But you do occasionally hit the fucking thing and then you get to run and get to feel like you've done something. With golf, there's something like you think, I should be able to do it but I really, really can't but do it. But it's what he says. Then the moment you can do it, yeah. it's incredibly addictive. Mm. Yeah. So I want to keep doing it. And I, might, I mean, my dad's been playing it fully for like 50, 60 years now. Yeah. And he's not getting any better. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, he's getting worse. <laughs> and he gets so frustrated. Yeah. My dad does not have a temper, but I've seen him throw a golf bag across the garage when he's got home yeah, and I try not to laugh <laughs> <laughs> good round dad <laughs> did the big nog dot eat <laughs> exactly well yeah. said um, so uh, so we've had this 10 minute conversation we've opened with very dialogue heavy and then David Sims showed up played by Don, uh, Don Johnson um, he's got a spot for Royal Nist tournaments uh, they, they've got some history There's oh some... sorry have they got some history that they do through exposition history that they both do you remember that time that we played together and we lost or something it's like yeah of course he remembers because he was there and he's your friend or sort of wait isn't he talking to Cheech at that point yeah, you kind of get away with it oh, but, come but on. Still, I was he doesn't first. know he doesn't know Roy's in the camper van at that point he's sure. having a chat with Romeo but Romeo knows who he is because he's like on your way son so he does know who he yeah, is yeah and he's reminding him why Roy would say no because <laughs> of these ex events in get the past out of town it's disgraceful <laughs> I like it it gets so much worse though but David doesn't even want him to play in the tournament he wants him to be his caddy didn't see it coming nice <laughs> no, little didn't. switch how disrespectful. It's a good moment. Yep. Um, so, uh, we've got this tournament. He agrees to do it because he needs the money. We're going to learn over the course of this film that Roy really needs money. Um, and it's fun watching this, if you like golf, because there's a lot of famous golfers here. Uh, Phil Mickelson, one of the greatest golfers of the last 30 years, is very young here. And a guy called Craig Stadler, who has some lines, the really big guy, yeah. uh, he nearly got arrested on the, on the set of this film. They would get pissed and drive buggies round to the 7-Eleven to pick up beer and the police stopped him. Uh, he's a wild one. Um, and his wife, um, Sue Stradler, is in charge of the Golfer's Wife's Charity. And so uh, you might have read this story, but I think it's really fun. They wanted these pros to be in the film, but they could only pay them $600 for a day's work. They didn't have a big budget on this. And these guys would get paid five, ten grand to do that. And so that guy I told you about, the golf pro who was helping out, had an idea. Contact the wives of the pros 
through this charity. Ask them if they want to go to dinner with Kevin Costner and Don Johnson. Yeah. And the men will follow. Yeah. And they got all of these pros (laughs) because all their wives wanted to have dinner with Kevin. Isn't that Brilliant. clever? Yes. Absolute <laughs> genius. And so we start seeing uh, Roy's issue here in terms of... Um, uh, uh, what's, what's the other guy called? Sims wants to lay up. Mm. And uh, Roy doesn't believe in this. He calls him a pussy. I hate that word. Um, but uh, Sims insists on doing it. And so they start arguing. Craig Stadler gets involved because Roy says he can do this. Yeah. Money starts changing hands. The purse is getting big. And um, he, Sims threatens to sack Roy. If he hits the ball. If he hits the ball and Roy's not going to do it. And then, of course, Roy's going to do it. Roy hits the ball. He makes the shot. And Sims picks another guy out of the crowd to caddy and fires Roy. <laughs> and Roy grabs the bag and pulls out the club. <laughs> kind of thing. Kind of thing I imagine Alex would do in this situation. Totally. 100%. <laughs> and Roy says, if I had it to do over, I'd still hit that shot. Um, that shot was a defining moment. And you define the moment or the moment defines you. Love the bit where he's uh, the following day. Do you know what he's drinking whiskey with? Antacid. Oh, I did notice yeah. that. Very smart. <laughs> yeah. Get ahead of it. Mm. In terms of these shots, though, Romeo says to him, you might be right, boss, but sometimes par is good enough to win. Which is true, but where's the glory in that? Is well, the glory's in winning the tournament! It should be the callback. Par is good enough to tie. That will call back later. Mm. No, par is good enough to win. That is not the point of the last scene. So it's just a little... Just tweak that a bit. But he can't say par is good enough to draw. No, that's because it's rubbish. <laughs> <but> <laughs> <wants> to draw. <laughs> so why don't you rewrite the end so par is good enough to win? Sure. I mean... <laughs> I no. Didn't, I, I didn't notice it. Okay. Uh, uh, I like Romeo. Everything that comes out of his mouth sounds like wisdom. Yeah. And that's sort of the end of Act 1. Apart of the fact we learn that, that um, Roy owes 12 grand to his ex. Oh, you don't need this subplot at all. It's too long, this film, anyway. Why do we have the bit where he gives the range to his ex? Because we, we get to go into a strip bar. Oh, okay. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! We can go to one of We're those anyway. We're in a strip anyway. club dressing room, <laughs> in a sports like, movie. He was like, boys, boys, boys. He was like, I wrote a scene... A bit like this in, in Bull Durham. Yeah, I mistakenly it. took it out. <laughs> Let's get back. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> the big dog got to eat. <laughs> uh, and with that, we're going to take a quick break. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. And we're back into Act 2. So he's back to the range. Molly's weighing for him. He gives her a reach around. Yes. Which while, is, I don't mind because it's a rom-com, so it's fine. While asking about her boyfriend. Cool. Cheeky. Very yeah, naughty. Very nice. <laughs> uh, her boyfriend shows up. It's David. What? What? Joinks? <laughs> <laughs> and David cockily leaves with uh, Molly and uh, Roy realises he's got to go out and win the US Open to impress her. Yeah, but did you know, oh, there's, it's a, so there's a moment where he's doing a jigsaw with Romeo. How nice is oh, that? Oh, that is nice. I absolutely love that. Do they sleep in the van that? together all yeah. the time? Yeah. Yeah. They live together in a van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, Winnebago, yeah. Their relationship is amazing in yeah, this film. Yeah, it is. I mean... It's actually... It, to, to me... The film is about their romance, mm. not his and Molly's. In, in, that sure. sh- in a Shaun of the Dead kind of way. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, he's got to win the US Open to get the girl. Fine. I, that's a good engine. Love that. But about he, time. But yeah. <laughs> but he hasn't been rejected by the girl. So he's like, yeah, Romeo, I'm going to win the US Open to get the girl. First, I'm going to go to the girl and tell her how I feel. Then I'll be rejected. Then I'm going to say, yeah, but I'm going to win the US Open anyway. Like, you don't need... It's, it, the through line is really back and forth. I agree, yeah, yeah. But I guess isn't he saying that because David Sims might win the, the US Open and that's her boyfriend. Yeah. But if he'd gone into her office in a minute and said, he's like, I love you. And it's like, okay, that's a bit fast. But whatever, she'd gone, yeah, cool, I'll go out with you. Does he then not play the US Open? That's the problem. Mm. Um Sorry. She isn't going to say yes, though. No. Um, so we've got all these sort of building scenes to get him to the place he needs to be to get in the US Open. So he plays a guy for $400 with gardening utensils. Very Great. Funny. Love that. Very entertaining. Yeah. Mm. Very enjoyable. This is where he uses the baseball bat that I mentioned on Monday. Um, yeah, he, he does a lot of trick stuff in this in this film that I don't know is believable, but I'm buying it as yeah. I'm watching this. But do you think it's okay that the exposition is like they explain how the US Open works, which the audience will need because we don't all know. But is there not another way of doing it with someone, with two people that wouldn't know? Like his ex, for instance. I agree. I agree. Because he explains, there's a scene where he explains to Romeo that the US Open will let anyone enter. That's yeah. the b- magic of it. And obviously, Romeo they would know this. Know that. And he would, yeah. It's madness. Yeah, no, I've, you know. I can't I, accept it. I get it. I mean, it, you know, normally you have that exposition via some kind of commentator saying something. Sure, yeah. Um, sure. It's easy to chuck that stuff around. So he decides he needs to shrink, uh, his words, uh, wants him to figure out how to get her um, because she's with the wrong guy doing the wrong job in the wrong town is how it goes because she set up this practice Mm -hmm. in West Texas where I guess traditionally people don't go for therapy is the idea. Mm -hmm. She got there by following a it was a, a rodeo cowboy. Yeah. yeah. She says later in the film, she's always with guys who don't go for it. I feel like rodeo cowboys go for it. <laughs> like, is there, is there anything more dangerous you could be doing? It's fundamentally one of the most dangerous jobs yeah. in the world. <laughs> um, so he has this therapy session with her. She tells him to kick back and... 
let the big dog eat. <laughs> um, and so, it's your says to him, if you act from your heart, you can't make a mistake. So he tells her during their session that he's in love with her. Uh, not only that, he's done with strippers and bar girls and motorcycle chicks, and he's not trying to get into her <laughs> pants per heart. <laughs> Great. And the woman is crying in the exit room. That's funny. So she was crying already. <laughs> he's really funny when he does that stuff yeah. in the exit. He's so good. He's good. Really good. So she, understandably, says, <laughs> if I'm doing your therapy, our relationship must remain strictly professional and he says I'm going to beat David who hates old people kids and dogs <laughs> oh wait the other good line the other good line when she goes I've only got 30 minutes he's like 30 minutes is fine I'm not that fucked up <laughs> it's just a funny thing to say to a psychotherapist <laughs> it's very funny but um, she sort of decides that she can be his head doctor and that they're going to trade services uh, she will learn golf he will learn to figure out his head and, and get get out of his own way is I believe how uh, Ron Shelton calls it with these characters which makes her the worst doctor that's ever passed a doctor's exam I yes. believe they're called she's, yes. the next scene where she's like alright fine we are attracted to each other we'll swap services next scene she's just there on the, put on the green not doing anything apart from wearing a hat well and then if you look at the through line of her arc the final scene she's like do your thing that you always fucking do. I don't give a shit. We're mad. You're a terrible doctor. Terrible. She's also sleeping with him. Yeah. That's that point. Point. In a van full of his friends, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> um, so the next round of golf we have, Romeo offers the two iron, but he wants the big dog to go over the trees oh, with a little draw. Heartbreaking. Their argument is, makes me so sad. I so he wants, the, he wants the course record when all uh, he needs to do is to make this shot to qualify. And Romeo, out of frustration, snaps his driver. Funny. Then snaps his three-wood. Roy snaps the rest, apart from the seven-iron, uh, because that's the only truly safe club in his bag. And Romeo storms off distraught uh, because he's watching his friend yet again blow his chance. And as you say, Alex, this is genuinely upsetting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really um, is. Yeah. It would be good if it had consequence, but it doesn't, because he goes back in a minute and goes, sorry about that. And he goes, yeah, it's cool, don't worry about it. Not in a minute. There's a bit, there's a bit there's where a tiny not, bit yeah, first. He leaves him and gets another camp, uh, gets another caddy. Yeah, but that's just for jokes, isn't it? Like, there's, no. their relationship isn't, uh, isn't pinned down by these moments of solidity and seriousness enough. Do you know what I mean? It's a big, serious moment when they snap all the clubs. I got very, very upset. Yeah, I got, I got yeah, emotional watching this. Then you not feel a bit robbed that you'd been humiliated by being so upset when in a minute they go, don't worry about it. No, no because it's not in a minute because, he, as I said, he takes another caddy. Yeah. And, and he's going to... The only reason... Romeo and him the only reason together. That's how these things work. Sad, happy. Sad, happy. <laughs> he goes back to Romeo because the other guy is incompetent. Yeah. That's the reason. Yeah, OK. That's enough, I guess. <laughs> um, but he finishes qualifying uh, with a seven iron, the only club he's using, putting with that. Again, not believable, but I'm into it. I'm taking it. I'm taking it as 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 is. So he qualifies. Um, Sims asks him at this point, Roy, you just can't always go for it. Maybe he can. Maybe he can. Maybe he can. Maybe that's going to come back. Uh, they decide to have great writing. They nearly, they nearly end up literally measuring dicks yep. in the next scene. Uh, but it's whoever can hit the seven iron longest. Uh, Molly leaves because she's had enough of these boys being idiots. And uh, Roy hits it two hundred twenty on the driving range. David hits it down the road, and it just keeps on bouncing. I think that's based on a real bet that Gary McCord did to win some money. Um, and they were saying there was a lot of betting going on between the players and the actors and the sort of semi-pros on this set. And Shelton said he was getting quite stressed out. One of the days when, when Costner had to be cocky, he kept losing bets to these semi-pros. And so Shelton told him, 
bet them a million bucks on the next one. And he didn't do that, but he bet them 10 grand rather than 20 grand, uh, $20. And suddenly they started missing shots because suddenly Costner was relaxed because he's got the money and these guys didn't. And he said it was cruel, but it worked because Costner got back onto sort of his high horse then. Um, so, as I said, Earl's a shit caddy for him. That doesn't work. Uh, so he wants Romeo back, uh, but Romeo's jealous that he's been two-timed and mm. it's this more of this bromance thing, but Romeo... Romeo comes back and so he's on the practice range but he's hitting chilli dippers I don't know what they are but they sound delicious (laughs) there's a glitch in his swing it looks like a slice Um, and out of desperation he's using Molly's contraptions now (laughs) funny scene when she walks in and he's so embarrassed because he's got all the gear on yeah it was good 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 visual Uh, gag he says to her, I don't want therapy, I want you. Yeah. But this, the two of them together is unreal how good they are together. Like, mm. I think this film is weirdly not the right framework for them. I think her character is, is a bit poor. And, and at this point, he's kind of like, he takes, she brings his car back, but she forgets because she's an idiot that she needs a car to get home. So then she needs a lift. He's kind of just begging her to go out with him. And it's a bit gross and a bit sort of undignified. But the pair of them together, it's hard to, to describe, isn't it? but the, those two are really believable yeah. like they're really good she says she likes him utterly exposed and vulnerable yeah. is that hot yeah I guess it is when it's Kevin Costner uh, but she still resi- yeah horses for courses with that one I'll say <laughs> <laughs> but she resists his advances here doesn't she that, like he goes for the kiss kind of and she's like no yeah because that's yeah. the rom-com law yeah uh, act three US Open <laughs> We're there. Oh, God, thank God. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, practice range. He's still shanking in front of all these uh, professionals. Shanking is a golf term. No, it's I not. I just realised that sounds rude. <laughs> well, I know what it means, and it just got nothing to do with the golf. So. What does it mean? Stabbing someone. Oh, in prison, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but it's a golf term. Uh, I think it's when you're hitting it left shanking normally and then slices right, shank is left. Cool. Fact. <laughs> um, Romeo gets him to move the golf chain. of the titles. <laughs> Clash of the golfers. Uh, he gets him to move the change in his pockets, turn his hat round, stick his tee somewhere, and then he hits it straight because he's not thinking. This is exactly the bloody lesson from Bull Durham. Yeah. You've got to come up with new lessons for your players. That's what I mean. So I was disappointed. And then in a minute, so Romeo is a good caddy because he's like, oh, I've got you out of your head or out of your way or whatever he calls it. And then he's like, and now we're going to get wasted. Yes. But I always love that scene. That's a fun scene. But when he gets wasted, he then has the worst day of the tournament. Yeah, so Romeo is a terrible caddy then. It's an 83 yeah. hungover. But at least he can admit it. Romeo says that was a coaching mistake on my part. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> it's, funny. it's funny though. <laughs> and uh, for a Clash Pod example of a similar thing, listen to our crawl episode. That is the equivalent of him hitting an 83. You don't remember. That no. was after the first episode back after the live show. Oh, was it? Do you not remember the crawl episode? Not really. No one had done any work. And <laughs> everyone <we> just... <laughs> yeah. um, so that stays with you, that sort of thing. That's quite sweet. Yeah. I just forget about it. Move on. I thought it was one of our best episodes. I thought it was one of our best episodes. I do care. It's, that's not the way you measure uh, caring. Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> The Crawl episode was a classic. Yeah, it's, it's People still talk about that one. Uh, <laughs> so we see David walking off the course. He ignores some autograph hunters. So stupid. Molly sees <laughs> right. it. It's going, and people, she's like, uh-oh, you people, are a dick. She's been told. And yep. then we see it. She didn't believe it. She, it's just a thing. They're just being guys. Yep. But there he is in front of a kid. And, and a, a dog. And an, and and a an dog, old person. And an old, all three at once. Yeah. And people can actually really be like that. <laughs> it's good. I like this. I like this sort of... This, also. 
I like this through line yeah. of like the idea of like how people buy into the bullshit humility of people on TV. It's like, yeah, tell us about your charity work. Yeah, da 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 da. And then they are absolute dicks. But once again, she's supposed scenes. to be a psychologist, just to reaffirm. So she spends a you lot. You can be blinded by love. That's tr- so true. Don so Johnson, true. Don Johnson's hot. Yeah, she's yeah. like. He's- Guy from Miami Vice. Yeah, I just think she, if I, I wish her job wasn't. So often female characters get given like head doctor jobs because I don't know. We could talk about that all day. Maybe we'll do that on a different podcast. Well, he needs but, a head doctor. No, we, but she doesn't head doctor him. She, <laughs> she does. just stands around oh, for a bit. How do you know it's not some sort of form of advanced therapy? The whole thing she's done is a form of new therapy with sex. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> thing. Um. Fun fact, the old people uh, David Sims has a go at are Kevin Costner's parents. <gasps> no. <laughs> and the little boy is his son. Really? Yeah, isn't that funny? That is <laughs> funny. It plays differently when you know that watching it. That's brilliant. <laughs> um, so they're in the bar. Molly's annoyed, so she makes a bet and orders a drink and reckons that Roy can hit a pelican outside the clubhouse from inside the clubhouse. Again, our golf pro. This is the trick he used to do. Mm-hmm. He's... He's very helpful. And see, she's head doctoring him here because he's all over it. He's like, he's unbroken. I hit an she's supposed to be teaching him to stop with the tomfoolery and the trickery and just play the game. But no, she's, she's like, hit a pelican. Yeah, she's <laughs> teaching him to believe in him. He does believe in him. <laughs> he believes in him too much. That's his problem. But she, he needs to still some room for more belief. None of it makes a piece of sense. <laughs> it's fine. Just don't make her a psychologist. And also, you want to make it, you're making her a clever lady because you want to show growth and movement in him and that's a bit unfair on his ex who she's really good at being this strip club owner or whatever Mm. so Mm. she kind of gets a bit thrown under the bus because it's kind of saying look how much I've changed that now this is the type of woman I'm into and not you Mm. and you're too trashy for me now and she's I don't know she doesn't deserve that she gets a happy ending though. Yeah. But that's uh, weird. So now your best friend is fucking your ex and that's we're, that's a happy we're not, ending. We're not there yet. It's totally cool though. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we high five. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to hang out with you anymore. <laughs> so Roy makes the shot and gets sex as a reward. Mm. Uh, but Paul and Romeo, the gun. Which, what, so what is that? I don't know. But it, it, when the way you said it made me feel upset. Yeah, and the position she's in made mm-hmm. me feel a bit upset. <laughs> so I, I think I thought I knew what it might be. Yeah, so did I. And I'm like, you would, you just don't do oh, that. Put your not, knees up. Not Jesus. the first time you're sleeping with someone. Do you go? Can we? Yeah. Can and, I? Yeah, and especially don't assume they know what a mulligan is. She's, she <laughs> seems a bit confused. She's like, what I want to like, like, stand. Like, wow! <laughs> fucking hell no! <laughs> and also all your buddies are over there. What do you, what do you think a mulligan is, Vicky? I think it's a drink. That's not what he means in that scene, though. I don't know what. I, I honestly don't know what it is. Do, do you, you know, know what a mulligan is? In the scene or in real life? Well, in golf. Okay, and, no. and therefore in the scene. Oh, No. What? I believe it's a do-over, getting to do it again, having another go. Oh, yeah. oh that's So let's do it then. again. So oh, it's, that's nice. I'll take yeah, definitely not oh, anal. When she's... <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't know what they did the first time. You don't know, do no, you? No, you don't. When she says... <laughs> I just wanted to make sure, because the way, the way it plays in the scene... Oh, yeah, 100%. It could totally be anal. Yep. But where would the connection between the word Mulligan and bum? We, we don't know. That's why we were so upset. And why she looks a bit confused in the scene. <laughs> she doesn't know what it means in golf or in sex. Yeah. So we'd got it in the wrong hole or we got it in the right hole. <laughs> See, there Depends, you go. Isn't it? Horses for courses, like we said. But then when she's, she then goes on top and she says, tee it up. And that made me feel slightly nauseous as well. Because it's like, tee what your dick. And then, and then, oh. 
and I will pop my thing over. <laughs> Let's just say, sporting terms don't belong in the bedroom. <laughs> Unless they involve dogs. <laughs> Poor yeah. Romeo, though. He's out in the rain, isn't yeah. he, while they're shaggy? Yeah, some decorum at last. <laughs> oh. uh, right, Roy's going for the course record. He needs an eagle to shoot 60, but he needs to lay up. Uh, but now Molly's telling him to go for it. Yeah. Uh, is, so there's two things that I don't like in the, in the run-up to this. One's the press conference that Roy oh, has. so boring. Where it's, it's, it's a boring, and it totally goes against his character, because his character is all about the little guy. He even says, like, I'm here representing the little guy. And then to sort of look, like, hold up the sponsors on his jacket, who have paid money to be sponsored oh, by and him. Sort of and he's piss, like, look yeah. who I'm sponsored by, these fucking things. And you're yeah. like, that, that's just a stupid I thing to do. I think it's like, to be smashed over the head with, like, just look at what a decent, good, honest dude I am. And he's like, I'm a Waffle House guy. And it's like, all right, we get it. And then all the gang turn up. And then he says, it's like, fine, all right. She wants to go somewhere fancy. You don't. And then he says, it doesn't get any better than this. Mm. It's like, that's madness that you don't think there's anything better. Waffles are. I mean, they are. I know that. Have you been to a Waffle House? Mm, in, in Belgium. Okay. Not in America. <laughs> Sorry, Chris, what were you saying? Mm. Um, so he hits a three wood instead of laying up. Uh, and then he hits up close to the drop zone. And he hits a 12 foot putt for a 62 and the record. Mm. So, as you said, they go to the Waffle House. He's celebrating there. I like the posse. I like... I disagree with you, Vicky. I think it's nice, that friendship. I think it's what Molly likes about that group. And I don't think that group's going away. That is the best bit of his life, yeah. is hanging out with those guys. Yeah. It made me want actual more friends. Oh, bless you. Yeah. We could help. Football friends. Mm. I can help you with football friends. They're, I mean, bless them. They're, they're all a lot older than us. <laughs> Aren't they though? No, but no. When I go, to I've the seen pub, the photo of Vicky when, <laughs> when I, I wasn't there. When I, when I go to the pub, though, okay. I go with younger people. <laughs> okay. Oh, do you? My dad. <laughs> you my, won't invite to that one. No. My, my dad. Bring, out the, out, bring the... out the totty for the old boys. <laughs> <laughs> There's young. There was younger people there when we watched some of the uh, the World Cup games. This is a new long form video. There were some younger people there. <laughs> they came to the Oldwin Castle. Younger people. My brother Adam. People I watch football with. That's youngsters. True. Yeah, but they didn't really like us. <laughs> and two of them left early before an England game finished bearing in mind they are football fans oh, yeah. good point um, so he's back into contention on the third round he's got that shotgun on the 18th should he lay up he should lay up but he pulls out the three wood he finds the water third straight day he considers hitting it again but he's talked out of it by his caddy and he takes the drop and he saves par um, everyone's in his RV now mm. all sleeping there yeah <laughs> It won't always be like this. Thank Molly God. smiles and says, yes, it will. Dick. <laughs> lovely. Just so lovely. Final round. Uh, Roy's paired with David Sims. Of course he is. Which nicely Good, builds. Proper sports drama. Atmosphere. Ending. Excitement. Oh, Roy hits right. it into a tree. Then he has to hit it off a shitter. Are you yep. allowed to do that in golf? Yeah. Are you really allowed to use a loo to, or yeah. anything to yeah. bounce it off mm. if you wanted to? I didn't know that. I thought it had to well, be. Well, they tend to see the end of Happy Gilmore. That stuff, off like yeah, six that stuff tends That's to not be on the, on the um, course, though. Yeah. And then when you go off the course, you're not allowed to hit it from off the course. And so that's why this stuff doesn't normally happen. Okay. That, that portally wouldn't really be. <clears throat> okay. Um, so just a bit of, bit of golf knowledge there. Okay. <laughs> Oh, boring myself. Um, and there's two in it. And then Sims misses a putt. So there's one in it. But Peter Jacobson's doing well elsewhere. I find this funny looking back because Peter J- Jacobson was a pro golfer who played in all, a, lot, a lot of the majors. This is the only tournament he ever won. <laughs> this yeah. is the only major he ever won. Poor Peter. Good, good quiz question that would be, though. 
Not for you two, though. Uh, so Roy's one down going on to the 18. Jacob's laying up on 18. Roy tells David he won't be able to do that if he wants to win. Uh, Roy doesn't catch it, so he'll have to lay up. Jacob sinks his. Uh, Birdie wins it. David lays up. Makes an eagle. Uh, ends 10 under. No one's ever done that. Um, right. This is all you need to know. Romeo says, Birdie wins it. Partize it. Lay it up. Hit the seven iron. Just super quick. What's an eagle? <laughs> What's a birdie? A birdie's one, one under, part, and an eagle's two, two under. Part. I didn't know that. Mm. I really did. What's didn't. a three under? Uh, albatross. That's right. Albatross. That's a good quiz so question. I, I, I had a Jack Nicholas uh, PGA Tour. Mm, that was yeah. a good game, Mega wasn't it? Drive, yeah. That was a good Brilliant. game. Mm. Yeah. And again, Molly's telling him to go for it because she's never been with a man who went for it. <laughs> Right. I don't quite buy the bit where, is it Doreen, uh, his ex? I think so. She mm. is saying, she, when she turns to Molly and goes, you're just as crazy as him. I'm like, no, I have seen no evidence of Molly's craziness until now where she just sort of like loses her mind and is like, just fucking do it, smack yeah. the thing. But... I fucking love it. I guess the, yeah. the idea, I think the idea that she followed a cowboy to Texas yeah. makes her a little bit... You're right. You're right. They're a little... Eccentric. A little breadcrumbs throughout. So, Roy hits it. We're home, he says. And then there's a little gust. It lands on the green, but then it rolls back into the water. He can still make par from the drop zone, but he's angry now because of that gust of wind, and he's determined. So he goes from it again. This he- five minutes, I was literally up and down emotionally so much. I was like, I hate this movie. I love this movie because <laughs> I need I need him to win. He lands on the green again, and the ball rolls back into the water again. Give me another ball. <laughs> and you've got the guys in the studio saying, that's insane. Someone tackled him as this goes on and on. Yeah. And it's so funny because not long after this, I saw something similar to this. Well, it happened in the, in, in the British Open. A French golfer called Van der Veld um, was cruising on the 18th hole uh, to win. And then he hit it in the rough and then he hit it in the water. And he didn't do exactly this, but he the ball was on top of some silt on the top of the water and so he took his shoes and socks off rolled up his trousers and started and he got in the river and he was going to hit the ball and the commentators were saying the same thing someone stop him like this is embarrassing someone tackle him and what happened he changed his mind so he went in the water and then well the ball started sinking because of the pressure Uh, no not him it was just it was on silt and it was just it it, it was one of these weird moments it was on top of the water for like a minute or two yeah but he still wouldn't have been able to hit it off the sand I don't think in the water like that okay but it was this moment of craziness but you felt like this is a tin cup moment (laughs) this is tin cup that's great (laughs) Um, so he's dropping seven he's hitting his eighth shot and he's still going and going Uh, Ron Shelton said this was really hard to shoot because it's essentially the same shot over and over again so he did all this coverage and he ended up going handheld um, that's where he got his best shots and Costner was getting a bit embarrassed because he said the extras didn't know what the plot of the film was who were watching from the green and so they just thought he was so shit he kept hitting it into the water where he was trying to hit it into the water <laughs> so right. that, his ego didn't like that um, but then yeah, it's down to the last ball in the bag at which point, if this one goes in the water, he's disqualified. And see, I needed that because yeah, I agreed. wasn't quite sure what was going on. I, I, I wasn't 100% aware of that rule and the same yeah. one with the with the clubs earlier. I just you... thought, oh, he's going to come second and be embarrassed. But second no. is great for where he's come from. Yeah. And then when someone says about the disqualification, yeah. I was like, I was very into that. That could be it. Yeah. And with the final ball, he knocks it over and then puts it in. Yes! 
And then I thought, did did you do you win then as a bonus because no. it's like a trick shot? No, but there's no point. I know, but it took me ages to figure that out because everyone's going nuts, which makes perfect sense. It's just me and my lack of knowledge. But uh, I thought he might have won it. I haven't fist pumped the air with tears in my eyes Since. in a long time. <laughs> Genuinely, the minute that ball went in the hole, because I've never seen this movie, so I wasn't like revisiting something. I genuinely had no idea mm. how this was going to end. And honestly, I had tears in my eyes. And like it was like I was watching a real sporting event. Like and the only time that I've ever had that watching a real sporting event was when Lewis Hamilton won like the world and um, the the F one uh, the world championship on like like on the final lap. Like mm. everyone thought Massa had won, and then the car I think truly broke down or something. Anyway, he like he crossed the line, and, he, and like it was just like this thing. Like you just sort of resigned yourself to him not winning, and then he won, and it was the same thing. Like a reflex action, fist in air. <laughs> I was so I was just, I was in love with this movie at that point. Um, I enjoyed watching it this time because I noticed David Sims in the background. I was reading his lips. He goes, fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a perfect moment for him. Yep. Uh, but he ends up with a 12 and he says, walking off the course, he's distraught. I just gave away the US Open. And Molly says, you sure did, Roy, but it was the greatest 12 of all time. Okay, It's immortal. Is what she calls it. Yeah. Immortal. People won't remember who's won the US Open. And I couldn't remember who won that British Open, but I can remember Jean van der Velde See? because he went for it. Yeah. Nearly. But she, they do this sh- shit thing in a second, or just prior to this, where. I don't know who golf pros are, so when I see a bad actor to me on screen, I'm like, oh, you must be a golf pro, but it's, it's annoying, it's distracting, you just got a bad actor. Um, and they're like, oh, can I take your card? Because you seem to be doing quite a job on Roy. And she's like, yeah, no problem. Have all of my cards. Mm. But she hasn't done any head shrinking for him uh, whatsoever or done any good for him. And so that's fine. But then they try and do this callback where she's like, well, I'll be all right now because I'm going to be a professional golf psychologist. Mm-hmm. But she's done absolutely nothing for him. And what do, I don't understand why you tie up her storyline like that. Like I don't understand why you have all these golf pros going, oh, I would like a piece of this. Because she isn't just going to be sort of hanging around not sure what to do. She's got a career now that ties into Roy's career so they can have a career and, together. And also, these other golf pros know that when you are seeing her for your head, oh, of course. she will also have sex with you. In a van, yeah. And so... Yeah, she'll let you do a mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> She can't wait. On the first day. She can't well. wait to let the big dog eat. <laughs> Fine. <No>. But <laughs> uh, so we see David. He's going to be all right. He's signing for a pretty blonde lady. Yeah. Yes. Um, Romeo gets together with Darlene. Fine. Happy ending. Yeah. Sort of. And I like their dance. That's awesome. Because like, yeah. it gives just a moment that's just theirs. Even though there's more dancing in this and then there's dancing in Bulldog. But the fact that he's never told that... Roy has never told her she's a good dancer and then he does but then he's like I will also dance with you It's re- and they're doing like role play it's, that's, I like mm-hmm. that that's good Bull, Bull Durham ending of dancing um, yeah <laughs> uh, as you said uh, Molly's going to go on tour with Roy um, but and- first of all she's got to explain to him how the US Open works just in case he doesn't know even though he knows everything about golf I can't believe it's alright on the page where you go you do realise Roy that as you came second you automatically mm-hmm. qualify for next year and he goes I don't give a shit whatever I just find that disgraceful to the point that yeah. it's making it's, me it's furious. Quite a, it's quite an important aspect of doing well in, in the major tournaments is then you get a pass for a while in those tournaments. He's like, oh, really? So, <laughs> isn't he sort of, didn't he drop out of professional golf quite early and decide to just like, well, run the driving range? I mean, yeah, I'll be honest, I've never played professional golf and I've known that back for quite a long time. <laughs> um, and so at this point, I wrote down, I'm loving this, but... Um, 
isn't this breaking that rule of our protagonist hasn't learned anything over the course of the movie? And bless him, he then says, I'm trying to figure out what I learned. Do you think I learned anything? Yeah. <laughs> Cheeky. <laughs> but they're, they're such a good match. It's all fine because I, I don't think her story is any good. And I think there's a better way of doing it with what she brings to his life. But the two of them together, is it is amazing. I can't yeah. believe they're not really a couple. That's mm. how good it is. Yeah, yeah. She did the same with Mel Gibson, though. They seem like a great couple as well. Yeah. Maybe, maybe she's just a really good actress. <laughs> she's a really good actress. <laughs> and isn't she with... She's with a Gilroy. She's married to a Gilroy, isn't she? Yes. Is it Tony? I think she's married to Tony. The night, the night crawler. Yeah. Gilroy. Yeah, that's her husband. Mm-hmm. That, there he wrote a film called Nightcrawler. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he's a bad dude. <laughs> I mean, he did write. He did write quite a, a, a big sex scene for his wife in that film with Jake Gyllenhaal. That's brave. Yeah. <laughs> or it's, uh, you know, Mulligan. Friday night It's sausage. the Nightcrawler's way. <laughs> I like to watch. But apparently she taught him discipline, self-control and to listen to his brain and when, not his heart. When, 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 Over the last two and a half hours. <laughs> and she learned to take a chance by being with him. Great. They kiss... The end. None yeah. of it makes any sense. Fine. I, the movie just told me what it did. Yeah. So I'm she, sold. Previously, she's got a big scene. She's like, I'm crazy. I ran off with a cowboy. Then I did real estate. I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So you've never taken a chance. Is that what I'm expected to believe? Like, Whatever right. the movie right, just said whatever. at the end. I can't believe these things are good enough for you. I was still crying. <laughs> right. Okay. So this was a sizable hit. Mm. Um, but it might have been a big hit. The timing is just off here because um, a young golfer by the name of Tiger Woods went professional two weeks after this film came out and then golf just boomed. It just completely changed who watched golf, how many people watched golf. And so um, he wrote a sequel, Ron Shelton did to this, uh, that Warner Brothers did not want. And I cannot understand if you can still get Kevin Costner and this has made this much money, why you wouldn't want to do a sequel. But they didn't. But he's retooled it. So it's not about Roy anymore. And he's trying to get that off the ground again now. I think he's been doing it for a while, though, hasn't he? It's been... But he, off the back of his book, he was saying that there's some interest in oh, it. Okay. So who knows? Um, but the only other story I've got on this one is the uh, Donald Trump story. So uh, there was a premiere of this in New York in 96. Um, Donald Trump watched the movie. Well, I think he was with Marla Maples at the time. And came over to him, the pair of them did. And um, came Trump... Came who? Shelton? To Ron Shelton and said to him, Hey, kid. And Shelton says, he's younger than me. Um, <laughs> hey, kid, let me tell you how you could have made a better movie. And then explain to Fine. him, uh, I know how film works. You can re-edit this uh, to have him win at the end. You shouldn't have him losing. And you'll do a lot more business if you do that. And Ron Shelton said to him what he said to the execs at the time when they were arguing about this, that it's my Casablanca ending. If Casablanca ends with him staying with her, it's people won't remember it. People will remember this. And he said, I was halfway through it and Trump had already walked off. <laughs> <laughs> and that's his Donald Trump story. <clears throat> so, uh, Vicky, what was your favourite scene? Uh, give me another ball. I do think it's... I know I've been a bit mean about the film, but the ending is incredible. I wish it didn't take two hours to get there. There's so much that you could cut from it, but the ending's amazing. Really, really good. Yep. Uh, Alex? It is ditto. Yeah, absolutely. That final, give me another ball, give me another ball, and then the, the release of that whole... Like, that, when he gets it in the hole, oh, my God, mm. yeah. Brilliant. It's not just the best scene in this film. It's one of my favourite scenes of all time. Yeah, great. Great. I've honestly, I've n- I've not seen a scene like it in years. The climax of this movie is unreal. Uh, most valuable, whatever, Alex. Uh, Cheech Marin. 
And it's for that exchange, because the minute that it, like that final scene, it really hits me. Because I expected Romeo, because of what had gone before, to be furious that Roy was going to do this again. Mm. Because it was a replay of the earlier scene, and Romeo was like, you know, he storms off in the first time, the first time around, because he's like, I just want to see his friend throw it away again. And like, you don't know, because it's all, all he does is keep handing him balls, handing him balls, handing him balls. And then he gives him the last ball and goes, you know, this is the final ball. If you don't get it in on this one, we're disqualified. And Costner goes, I can do it. I can get it in. And it's the line where he says, well, then do it and quit fucking around. Yeah, that awesome. <laughs> the, the release yeah, in that yeah, moment where yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, my God, yeah. he's all, totally on board yeah, with this. Brilliant. And it's that little pep talk. It's heartwarming. It's fucking hilarious. It's the best line in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why he gets it. Cheech Marin. Uh, I'm going to jump in now because mine was also Cheech Marin. I think he's also the moral centre of this film. And I think he's the beating heart of the movie. And you're so right. That moment is a really great one. And so, yeah. Same. Vicky. I was going to say Cheech Marin, but then I did rewrite it. Not just now. Uh, Kevin Costner. Um, mm. Yeah, I just, it's, he's, this film is, again, <laughs> it's very long and it's about golf, which I don't understand or even like, but I was with it because of him. I think Rene Russo is really, really good as well. But Kevin Costner, just for the scene in the, the exit room stuff, that's very funny. And you just get so used to thinking of him in a certain way. Mm. And it is nice to see which is, which by which I mean ultra serious and yep. being a bit of a you know just a bit annoying, uh, but this is like loose and quite loose and I like all of that. Very good, uh, Vicky. What would you change? So I'm just going to say this, kid. You could do the end in another way. Just let's just put this out there. All right, right? Trump. Yeah, but I'm just going <laughs> to. Okay, what an interesting <laughs> bedfellow you keep the show. <laughs> um, he wants to do the hole in one. He gets to that point. As in he thinks he's going to... As in he wants to do the thing he always does. If he was by the point he was going to do a hole-in-one, then it's already over. But anyway, he's being himself, you know, like he always has been. But ultimately he doesn't and he plays it safe and he wins. But he's very sanguine about it. It's like a disappointing win because he knows that that makes him forgettable. He knows he hasn't got immortality and glory because he's won the Open, which is the weirdest feeling in the world. You get everything you ever wanted and it turns out you know how limited that is and um, fleeting. But that change in him will set him up for life because striving for immortality is quite a juvenile way to spend your time. Um, so you could do it like that, just putting that out there, no? That is a terrible ending. All right, it's terrible All right so my real ending is... And, and also, I, I, Ron Shelton, I heard him talk about this, that you can't, get, you can't win the tournament and get the girl in his films. It's one or the other. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So here's my real change. Uh, you need a clean line when it comes to romances uh, because Rene Russo already had a boyfriend. And so in a rom-com, you don't need this four thing going on. So if you do need Darlene or Doreen or whatever she's called, sorry, no disrespect, just make her like an annoying sister character or something. And then she ends up with Romeo and that's fine. And then that's not weird. The hair yeah. being an ex is not good. I agree with you about the subplot with Doreen. I'm, I'm saying that that would be my change. Excise it completely. It's just not necessary because the money no, he needs the money to enter the tournaments would, and stuff. But why would we? Why, why would we be in a strip club then? <laughs> because the boys on tour. Oh, okay, you okay. Know, it's not hard what? to get. No, yeah, lose oh, yeah, that. Lose that. You see a tiny bit of. I'm doing that. I mean, a, a woman's torso. A, a you see a very tiny nice bit of bottom. <laughs> you see a very nice bottom. It's mostly backstage hijinks. I, I, I also, um, in in terms of her character, um, why is why is a professional golfer's girlfriend going to Roy for golf lessons? Yeah. Yes. Also, how do you lose $12,000 on a dog race with your partner? 
I don't know. I can get, I can see that. Them two are wild. <laughs> he can't. He can't say no. I don't know if you clocked his character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, she seems to have a business head screwed on though. So I agree with you. Poor writing. Yep. What's your change, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, weirdly, it's, it's similar to what Vicky said earlier. Uh, it, this, this movie redeems itself and then some, and then some are fucking again in the second half. But goddamn, does it fucking test your patience in the first half? But you know, I'm going to manage to, <laughs> I'm going to manage to insult Monday's movie one last time because the first half of this feels like the whole of Bull Durham. <laughs> uh, so I was so pleased when we get to the US Open. So I just try and get there a bit quicker because once that engine starts, boy, does this become a different movie. Very good. Yours? Yeah, I kind of dropped mine in. When? Uh, about Darlene's um, getting rid of her. And explaining why David's girlfriend is going to Roy for golf right. lessons. Great stuff. I really didn't want to repeat that. Well, they, weren't very, they weren't very good the first time around. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so, is that it for it? Yeah? Yep. Yeah. All right, then. It's time for... <laughs> it's time... Nothing. Just, just why are you looking at the ground? No, no, nothing. Sorry. Carry on. You not, we, did you not remember that they're your choices? Yeah, I knew, I knew they were my choices. I was just... You seem preoccupied. I because just, I know what you're doing. What do you think I'm doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's time... I'm not looking at either of you. Fuck it. It's time for the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! All right, yeah. See, okay. I knew it. I fucking knew it. <laughs> uh, right, uh, let's get Vicky out of the way first. <laughs> oh, well, I know what you're going for because and we know which I'm going for. There's only one question mark in the room, but let's hear why you voted for Bull All right, Durham. so we'll do it on the script side. I do not approve of voiceover in Bull Durham, but it's less bad than the shocking, shocking exposition in Tin Cup. Shocking. <laughs> you were nominated for an Oscar. You must simply do better than that. Um, Tin Cup is about golf, which is bad because baseball is better than golf. But Kevin Costner is better, I think, in Tin Cup. Uh, I think Kevin Costner and Rene Russo have more chemistry than with Susan Sarandon, weirdly. However, Tin Cup is baggy. It loses focus. It's jumbled up. The key plot points are jumbled up and there's a cleaner line through it all. So for a pretty simple story, better characterization of the female characters, even if one of them is a minor league baseball groupie, which maybe poses more questions than it answers, obviously Bull Durham. And then the theme of this two episodes, I think I am secretly a bit in love with it and I think I'm going to watch it again. I know, I'm sorry, but there you go. So your vote is for? Bill Bulldurham. Bill Bulldurham. Okay, uh, I'll jump in here. Baseball, to uh, answer your point, may well be better than golf. I think that too. Fuck all baseball in Bull Durham. <laughs> could have put any sport in there. It seems absolutely of no consequence to the plot. Tin Cup, on the other hand, I will admit, is overlong and takes a while to find its groove. Um, but... It handles the sport much better. And I still love the romance in it. Big fan of Rene Russo and Kevin Costner together. But really, what it comes down to is, by God, if that climax on the 18th home is not the, if not one of the, greatest sports moving moment climaxes in history, I don't know what is. When that ball goes in that hole, it's just, it's a reflex release of pure joy. It's perfect cinema and for that reason tin cup gets my vote chris which way are we going very good very good 
Well, thanks for taking it seriously. That's all right. And watching the sports movies and liking one of them. Yeah. Each. One each. So It's probably like, that couldn't have gone any better, really. Yeah, here we are. Chris. Um, so, sports movies speak to me more than romantic comedies, a bit like sport and love. Um, and I think about what Roy did all the time and still have no idea if it was the right thing to do. Um, and also, what he does actually makes me cry when I watch it. And so for that reason, it's Tink Up. So guys, when I'd watched it, I was about to message you, but like, that is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. It's bad. I was going to message you when I watched Bull Durham and go, that is one of the worst things I've watched in my life. I wanted, you, I wanted you both to like both of them, though. It didn't go right for but me. But one of them's Tim Cook. And I'm so pleased. Which is great, thank God. So I'm so pleased that you didn't both hate the same film because I felt that so that would have been hard it's always such a sh- I don't know why after all this time it's such a shock to me when we're so different because we're so similar in some it's ways such a, it's such a surprise to me when we're so right <laughs> are you not shocked by that as I am I, it puzzles me what you took from Bull Durham yeah, yeah. I am I'm genuinely puzzled it's and weird I, 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 but I think they're both really good mm. yeah so I'm, I'm I'm with you as well I think Bull Durham's a really great movie as well so yeah. And yet we have a winner, and that winner is, of course, Tin Top. <laughs> of course. It couldn't have gone any other way. <laughs> uh, of course, you have uh, the right to vote. Uh, that is the beauty of the... You have that right. You have the right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't actually have the right in this country anymore, but as far as the Clash Pod poll goes, you can still oh, vote. Bit of politics. Hello. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so unless I just sneak in there and just change the results, just keep <laughs> flicking it round to the movie that I want in the seat of power. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Clash Pod poll will go up. You can vote whether you want a tin cup or Bull Durham to win. That'll be on Twitter shortly where we are at ClashPod. Uh, right, let's look ahead to next uh, week. Chris gave us a clue on Monday, which was... Look to the skies. Correct. <laughs> so what are we doing next week? Alex, mm. you, my friend, are doing close encounters of the third kind. <sighs> Biggie. And Vicky, you're doing Arrival. Brilliant. And so we'll just say we're going to talk about the collector's edition of uh, Close Encounters. That's what it's called. That's the one that's currently screening on Sky Cinema. Um, It's the most recent cut. It's the definitive version by all accounts. It's Spielberg's favourite one. And so we've made that decision. But we'll talk about the differences. So what's it called again? I believe it's called the collector's edition. Collector's edition. All right, cool. Cool. All right, then. Lovely. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm excited. Be a big, big, big week. Yeah, I feel very strongly about, not in terms of quality, but that, that arrival makes me ball my eyes out. Great pairing, Chris. Great pairing. All right, that is your homework. I almost forgot what it's called. The Closing Counters of the Third Guy. That is your homework. Closing Counters of the Third Guy, uh, followed by Arrival. That's next week's clash. We will be back on Monday with part one Closing Counters of the Third Kind, the Collector's Edition. In the meantime, have a lovely weekend. Bye bye. of the titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. Mm. 